Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Socially Distanced Podcast. My name is Al Manorino. I'm the managing editor of thepopbreak.com and co-host of this podcast. The other co-host is a man who really needs no introduction after like 100 plus episodes, but who's to say? Bill Bodkin, editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. What's going on, Bill? Oh, I'm going to be having to take over this secret mission shortly, I feel. Perhaps. I feel like I haven't hosted a podcast in a while. It's been weird. It's been a weird week. Yeah, uh, then, then it's been a rough be, week. Yeah, then you're going to be gone for two, the next two weeks. <laughs> I'm going to have to host those. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> yes, my name is Bill Bodkin, editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. Welcome to the 111th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast on popbreak.com. Uh, yes, this is our Sith Happens podcast where we talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And if you must credit anyone for that, wonderful dad joke it is our producer and the chewbacca of this podcast the jesus christ of junior hockey lucas b jones um who apparently i stunned him when i said looked like a post malone stunt double but he does uh we are talking about he does i mean you can't unsee it once i say it um we're talking about the fourth episode of disney plus's obi-wan kenobi disney plus the streaming service that will never acknowledge us and that's really all we want. And also like free stuff. Like if they gave, let us go on the star cruiser hotel, like as a press tour thing, it'd be great. Um, I can't say Al and I would not be drunk for half of it or 75% of it, but sure. as we will yeah. joining us this week is our resident guest all the way from the sands of Tatooine or as some would call Texas. Uh, she is the general manager of Mission Pro Wrestling. She is our Star Wars encyclopedia and the Mandalorian herself. Miss Amanda Rivas, welcome back. Hello. hello. It's, it's great to be back. I love being here. And I can't wait to talk about this particular episode with a scratchy voice because um, we are in the middle of another heat wave and there's all kinds of dust and pollen. And uh, yeah, Texas definitely feels like the sands of Tatooine. That is very apt. <laughs> but I'm happy to be here and excited and can't wait. And we are uh, joining us. It's been almost a year since we've had this dynamic duo on the podcast. They were on our wonderfully named Loki Loki podcast series. They are also the married hosts of our extremely popular, from what I've been told, Roses and Rejections podcast, mm-hmm. which is a podcast mostly centered around the world of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette as well as F-Boy Island and The Circle. And I only bring up F-Boy Island because it's the best name for a show ever. <laughs> of course, they are. we also want to extend some congratulations to them because they are expecting a young Padawan of their own this summer. Welcome to the club. Life is over, yet life also begins. <laughs> and one... Ladies and gentlemen, I am very stoked to introduce to you on this Kenobi podcast series the couple of Michelle and DJ Chapman. Hi, guys. Oh, hello, everyone. Good to be back. Oh, it's also worth mentioning that uh, our nursery is going to be Star Wars themed. No oh, lie. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Before, but I mean, this podcast just might turn into please describe this room cast, but like, <laughs> I need to know when you say it's Star Wars themed, like just mm-hmm. give me a, an amuse bouche, a little sample here of what a Star Wars themed nursery would be. I'm assuming okay. lots of lightsabers. There's a carbonite chamber um, for when you need to sleep. Um, all <laughs> things I need to know. There is a Death Star rug. 
Yes. Uh, we have a number of Star Wars blankets, um, including the world needs more rebels. Um, baby Yoda stuff. A lot of a lot of Baby Yoda crib sets. Uh, yes, we have a dart, um, a Death Star lamp that's going to go on the wall, and I have a like a cricket, which is like a paper cutting machine, and I'm going to be cutting out vinyl decals for the wall, uh, and I'm going to put like the Force is strong with this one and his name, and then a bunch of like the ships and stuff all over the wall. So will exactly. will there be a Y wing or a B wing? I. I haven't finished, so I can add basically whatever I want. I did want to add like the more popular ships that um, the <laughs> named ships. <laughs> Once people know, yes. <laughs> so I can be like, that's the that's the um, oh my god, the Millennium Falcon, obviously, and like um, that's Ghost from Rebels, and like that, like all these cool, fun ships that like we can point at and just be nerdy with. Yeah. All, all, all the great ones, you know, uh, the, the the cool giant ship from um, Jedi Fallen Order. Everyone loves that ship. We'll put that one up there. The you ship guys. that Man- that Mando gets in uh, in the Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever that one's called from episode one. <laughs> uh, all I have to say is you've already won Parents of the Year. Yeah, nice. pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, so before Al takes over this podcast and everything goes directly to shit. Yes. Uh, or Seth, I should say. Uh, DJ and Michelle, we were already three episodes deep by the time uh, we got to this. What has been your thoughts on Kenobi so far? Uh, for If you guys did not listen to the previous episode, uh, we have been giving it glowing reviews uh, between the, the thrice of us. Um, so I'll start then. <laughs> okay. I... I've been enjoying it, waiting to see where it goes. I'm kind of waiting for it to pick up a little bit because it's, it's for me, it feels like it's kind of um, lagged a bit. Like there was a lot of early uh, action and stuff happening. And then it just sort of, I almost feel a little bit like we're in a rut. And I guess we can talk about it more when we actually get more into this episode. Um, But I've hit a point where I'm waiting to see what happens. And like, I'm excited to see what happens, but I'm very like, I'm not, Wednesday's coming. I'm not like, I need to watch right now to see what happens. Like it's, it's, it hasn't like hooked me just yet. And I'm waiting for that to happen, but now I'll let DJ. Oh no. His take. What's that? Is that DJ's music? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so yeah, I did listen to what you guys have said previously. I'll just put it this way. Um, I'm probably going to be the Jar Jar Binks granting emergency powers to Palpatine on this podcast in terms of no one wanted me to be here and I'm going to ruin everything moving forward. I just, I haven't liked it, but I want to expand upon it. I just, I haven't liked it. You were my choice. You were the chosen one, DJ. You guys were my pick. I have the high ground now. God damn it, Al. I, I'm going to revoke that parent of the year shit. I'm out of here. Oh, I got to refill my drink anyway. So, Al, you have to read from Wikipedia now. So I have it. It's right in front of me. Yay. All right, guys. First segment of the night. Bill's very happy about this. It is called What's the Story, Obi-Wan Kenobi? Uh, this is where we read the Wikipedia entry, the always uh, perfectly articulated Wikipedia entry for this episode. Uh, you'll see what I'm what I mean in about three seconds. This is episode four, part four, uh, written by Joby Harold and Hannah Friedman, and of course, directed by the great Deborah Chow, like every episode this season. 
Having escaped Vader, Obi-Wan and Tala infiltrate the Inquisitor's stronghold on the ocean moon of Nur in the Mustafar system to rescue Leia, now being interrogated by Reva for details on the path. <sighs> During the infiltration, Obi-Wan discovers a trophy vault filled with the preserved corpses of Jedi who have been captured and killed, including a youngling. While they are successful in freeing Leia, uh, Tala cover, Tala's cover is blown and their presence is revealed. They eventually escape with the help of Path Commander Roken and his guerrilla troops. Vader is furious over the course of events and threatens to kill Reva, but spares her when she reveals that, in anticipation of a rescue, she had attached a tracker to Leia's companion droid, Lola. Wow. All right, guys. So that was the Wikipedia entry, uh, sponsored by Wikipedia. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but let's go right into our next segment uh which is the grand inquisitor which is our favorite performance of the episode uh so amanda to start with you favorite performance of this episode um and then of course we will uh, get into it as we were talking about things like this this is tough because i i liked tala a lot i thought she really stepped up this episode you got more of her but man moses ingram just nails i mean to just to be that intense and I mean, to, to, I mean, you're interrogating a child, no problem torturing a child. Like just, just how sinister she comes across. I feel like I know people are mixed about her and her, and, and her character and whatnot, but she nails it. I, you know, she just, she steals it for me. Although Tala was a very close second for me, but Moses Ingram, man, MVP. Excellent. Um, DJ. Oh boy. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the easy one. Thank you for picking me second. Um, I'm going to pick you. A <laughs> Listen, I'm, I stand him real hard and he's like the only thing keeping me in the show. Um, but I think like, he's like, th this was a weird like thing to have Obi-Wan do where it's like, we're going to just like do the infiltration and blah, blah, blah. But like they at least put the little things in there for him where he's like trying the force out on the ship and he's like slowly getting back his stuff where he's like shaking off that force rust that's accumulated over like a decade and I buy it and he's good and I like him. So it's my favorite. I apologize that I just took the easiest one. Uh, no worries. Um, Michelle. Uh, I have to agree with um, Moses. Uh, Ingram being that was the one that I was most impressed with mostly because I can't help but think that and I'm curious how many scenes it took for them for her to interrogate the small child and not like laugh and have to like take it seriously but I thought she did a very good job for like what she was working with because she did seem intimidating but this there was one scene in particular that I was uh particularly blown away with which was when she was being force choked and she like chokes out a word which i imagine is very hard to fake do <laughs> like when you're not actually being choked by anything and like you have to like act like your windpipe is being crushed and i just thought she really did a very good job in particular with that like one scene i remember thinking well that's really like that's really impressive that she was able to sound like she's actually being choked <laughs> i don't know what they do with green screen but i'm just gonna assume it's like not that <laughs> uh bill favorite performance your grand inquisitor 
Uh, well, there, there was a couple in this one. Um, I think one of what I liked was uh, Indira Varma, who we all know is a sand viper from Game of Thrones. Uh, every time. Can't, can't escape me. Nope. And uh, every time I'm just like, thank God they're redeeming that arc. Uh, because that's from stuff from Game of Thrones we don't want to talk about, although he's yeah. talking about Game of Thrones anymore. Uh, but wait a couple I, weeks, yeah, wait, yeah, wait till next month where we have to talk about it. Um, or two months. Uh, I liked her performance in this because at first I was like, ah, you know, when she walks in, she's like, obviously, this like has the, the look of I'm a traitor, I'm guilty. Look at the big eyes, my eyes are huge right now. And like, it's just, I'm just like, oh, this is not going to go well for this performance. And then when she like on a dime turns on the guy who's like the security officer and is like, she's like, I'm your, I'm your guy. I'm like your superior. I'm like, okay. But then when she keeps vacillating between, um, between alliances, essential changing characters, I really like that. It's not easy to do. And I did like her line where she's like, oh, I'm a spy. And I loved her. Like, I loved that whole scene with her and uh, Moses Ingram because I thought they played off each other really well. And she adds this sort of it, it could very, be very easy for this character to be very stiff and one dimensional. And I think it adds some sort of voice of reason to Obi-Wan Kenobi, a character that when we first met him was a voice of reason. But now we know him as he was the hothead. Now he's just what often happens when, you know, Kid Icarus flies too close to the sun. He crashes and burns, and that's what he is. And I like, I also made a reference to a Nintendo game instead of a Greek god. Uh, but that's where he is. And she's, she's, she's this wake up call. She's this voice of reason saying, Yes, you've been through some, basically implying you've been through shit with Anakin, but you love Leia. You have feelings for Leia. You've, you still have those feelings attached to him, her mother. Uh, besides that stupid fan theory that it was just like Obi-Wan had the hots for, for Padme and everyone's just like, God, you're the worst internet <laughs> worst, says the guy who owns a website. Uh, but it's, it, it's a way she, she is like the impetus for a lot of, uh, of a lot of what he's doing. And I, I really, in, in lesser hands, I think it wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked. And of course, Ewan McGregor's fucking great. So that's me. Al, did you give your pick? I didn't, and I, I'll, I'll try to be a little different, and I, I think this is controversial, but kid actors are hard to come by, and I think um, I think the one that they picked to play Leia is pretty good, like pretty solid overall. Um, yeah, It's just there's, there's always this weird thing with kid actors, and I feel like you really, there has to be something drilled into your brain or something that comes so natural to you that you could be kind of born to play such a young. And I think the one that always comes to me performance wise is um, don't know the actress's name, but the, the young woman who play uh, in once upon a time in Hollywood, I thought, Oh my God, I think this is literally the best child performance I've ever seen. Um, but I think she's doing a great job. I think she's very well cast. I think she really fits the, the role of Leia. And she got a time to shine him. She was getting interrogated and she showed no fear. And I thought that was a really cool choice. And it's not choice, but like they're they're really trying to show the essence of the character that we all know and love, but like kind of her developing that. So she saw like Ben or Obi-Wan like sacrifice himself. She doesn't know truly if he's dead or not. So, you know, 
she's like, he died for me. I'm going to be brave too. Like, that's really cool. And I'm a big fan of that. So they're kind of showing like the evolution of how much of a badass she is. So I think that's my uh, favorite performance. I mean, outside of the easy one of Obi-Wan. Uh, a question about that. And it comes in like humor in Star Wars, which, you know, doesn't always work. What did you guys think of the line where she's like, is this a staring contest where when Riva is trying to read her mind, obviously this is implying, you know, so how did that scene come off to you? Was that just like, did that come off as impactful or did it come off as like, wow, they just tried a, a really bad spot of humor there. DJ, since you're the biggest Nelly. So I, I just kind of read that as, so because we have this like established character of Leia, who, like, if we follow her full arc, we're starting basically here where she's been kidnapped and she's, like, an important figure because she's a princess, blah, 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 to where she ends where she's able to pull herself through the vacuum of space with her force powers in episode eight. This is just like, wow. I she just must saw be- that yesterday again before wrestling. I was just like, oh, shit, it's the force bubble scene. I was like, oh. So I'm just like, oh, she's force strong. So yeah. cool, I guess. that That's really all I got from that exchange. Yeah, I, I was going to say, now that you guys brought it up, it's almost like uh, if you remember in episode one, Obi-Wan asks Owen, if he's seeing any signs of the force with Luke and it makes sense for Leia to show signs earlier because girls develop faster than boys. Mm-hmm. And I think that, oh. I think that's interesting if they're being subtle about it, if not, I mean, you see her when she stops doing it to her that she's like, like, like she obviously yeah. felt something, but maybe she was a little resistant because she is force sensitive. So, um, or has the force later in life. So I don't know. I, uh, it it didn't bother me. I just I I knew what they were going for. They're just kind of showing like how much of a badass she is as a little girl. But yeah, yeah. Like I didn't get comedy beat at all. I was just yeah. like, oh yes, she is strong. I don't I don't know that I think it was meant to be so much of a comedic beat as almost like a reminder that like this is a child because like she the way that this character acts is like almost like adult. Leia right like she's very mature for like a 10 year old and sometimes it's it's uh easy to forget that like this is not the character that we already have well established this is like supposed to be a child so when she says something like that the staring contest thing it's kind of a reminder that's like like a a more juvenile version of this character I actually took it as um you know, with that, that line, sometimes people, and I, I tend to do it when you're in a very serious and intense situation, you crack a joke to ease that tension for yourself. And that's how I took it. I took her, that was her way of releasing, just, just releasing how scared she probably really was inside. Um, and just, I thought uh, what was crazy, I, I guess to me was, you know, Reva was able to get into the mind of Haja, like right off the bat. And, and kind of go through his mind and like, how did this 10 year old child not crack? She couldn't get in. Um, and so it's, it's Leia basically kind of outwitting or beating somehow blocking with her force powers, whether she's aware of it or not. An adult, an adult with very, very, with a great deal of force behind her, if you will. Um, I mean, I'm like, this is her at 10. How much, and again, she's propelling herself through through space at, at later on in life, but 
how much of how much force does she have at 10? Like how much power? It's just kind of, that was just kind of what I was thinking, like, wow, <laughs> like there's, I mean, at 10, that's the level of power she's got. Um, but that's how I took, I took her reaction. I take it as much as of a comedic thing as more of, it was her way of, of coping with a very stressful situation. Like a lot of people do. One has to wonder what her Metachlorian count would be because <laughs> right. that, that right? word just came tumbling back into my brain and won't leave for a month. But uh, <laughs> for me, uh, after wrestling, uh, I was doing chores and I came back and the scene, I actually force awakens was on and it was the scene where, um, uh, Ray is being interrogated and, um, I almost called him Finn Balor. Fuck, I forgot his name. Oh, God. Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Yeah, listen. There's abs who, involved. Who, who's the Finn's messed cool? up one? Oh no, it's no. It's called Bill's done a lot of work and cannot remember things. It's called being old. Um, and so uh, when Kylo was interrogating Ray, and then she she repels him, and I'm like. Wow, I, I felt there was a lot of parallels to those, you know, now that, you know, obviously mm-hmm. nobody was made later, later but it was, I, I felt there was a lot of parallels there. Where was this unwitting awakening of the force. Oh, fuck, I said it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Al, app, please over. App. You said it. I said okay. it. You said the name. Right. So let's go into our next segment. <sighs> Like you trained his father, which is what well, we got to talk about the worst part, um, you know, like how bad Obi-Wan was as a teacher. Um, sorry, I had to say it. He was rough. Um, anyway, worst part of the episode, uh, something you guys didn't like uh, or hated or uh, just could have done without. Uh, I will start. Uh, I would. I guess I would kind of go with the interrogation. I don't think it was necessary. I think it would have been interesting if there was like almost like a uh, a missed opportunity where like Vader was like you thought that Vader and Leia may have met almost earlier, but there was the kind of like cute in the beginning. I don't think it would have been a meet cute. I know, but. Um, but I think it would have been interesting if we got them almost in the same room and something happened. I think that I almost thought it was going to happen when she was in the the chair. Yeah. I thought in that one moment, I was like, Vader's yeah. going to come out and then it didn't happen. So I hear you. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I would have wanted them to met because then the fanboys or the fans would have been like, but wait, they never met before. Like, fuck off. I can't. <laughs> I can't with the shit. Like, just grow up. It's been like 50 years. Um, but anyway. I think it would have been cool if it was like a, they almost meet. Like it would have been a really cool, like they ah, just missed it. So, yeah, I would say it wasn't the worst part, but I could have done without um, the interrogation stuff. And I would have also, wait, real quick. This is a little quick aside. Another one that I thought was dumb was Obi Wan is the most wanted person in the galaxy right now. Legit, the most wanted person in the galaxy. Breaks into a facility featuring all the people looking for him outside of vader it's called smarts uh, the last wait, place they look for wait, him does the, probably one of the coolest break-ins i've seen in a while where he goes underneath the motherfucker and goes through it great takes out a stormtrooper crushing it you got a disguise right there no i got this cameras don't exist <laughs> and like honestly whatever 
like because we got to see some really cool like obi-wan in like kind of a classic costume in beautiful lighting situations with with uh when he was doing the lightsabers but like in terms of like like making sense thought that was stupid sorry um but yeah we'll throw it to amanda next yeah you that i was totally going there that was probably the one thing that i thought it was like i know i know we're gonna milk everything we can out of this costume i i really do but i'm like you're i think for me when tala was like here put this on i'm like why is it taking somebody else this is obi-wan who's super smart i i I think i was i was muttering to over here earlier i was like we're smarter than this that lose my mind because i'm like he's obi-wan why didn't he put on the disguise earlier why did it take somebody else going hey maybe well, you should put this on i mean it wasn't very soggy. was that a disguise <laughs> I know, and legally it, a disguise? it looked sloppy to me i so thought, like he, no thought he and leia were trying to uh see an r-rated movie together <laughs> and yeah i don't know what the like what I mean, it looks so sloppy. I'm like, how? How? That was probably the, the one thing that drove me nuts was no disguise. He was kind of made dumb, looking a little dumb for not putting one on. And then when they put one on, it's not a very good disguise. And everybody, the, the other Inquisitors walk right by. And I'm like, how? It also would have been a cool like homage to A New Hope. Right. And like, it just like like Obi Wan did it first. Like you never thought about it. Like it's like oh, oh I think that would have been cool. No, no, but that was it for me. I'm piggybacking right. off of you because you went you went straight forward. I was like me. That was me. That you saw me reacting over here. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bill, <laughs> um, I did not care for any of the O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Squad characters. Like literally, his dialogue is just like, why did you bring him here? He's going to ruin us. I need your help. I'm not going to help you. Well, I'm a Jedi. Well, my wife was a Jedi. So you know what? Fuck it. I'm in. And it's like, okay. Listen, I get it. It wasn't Listen, necessary. I've, like, I've, I've right. been emotional before. I get it. I'm DJ, Irish. I make DJ's like, but, this is what I mean. No, no. And I'm like, Bill no, it, no, it's it gets worse because then Wade, a guy I have no idea who he is when you say wade i'm just thinking of wade boggs third baseman that's who i was thinking of wade wilson because i'm from this century wade wilson who what who played quarterback for the goddamn vikings no Um, deadpool deadpool there's also a wade wilson who played quarterback for the vikings by the way you were were aging yourself well no shit i'm the oldest person on this podcast uh but it's like i'm sitting there and i'm just like wade is dead i'm like i don't He's not careless guys. Like it's like, well, you're so, and, and Tala's like, well, you're soldiers now suck it up. Asshole. Like here's a, here's a, here's a whiskey. Congratulations. Your friend died. All my friends are dead. Like, I wish that was the dialogue it from her just muttering all this shit because I'm just like, that's what I'm thinking. It's just like, I like the fact the speeders came in and there was like, they decide this is like, you know, obviously they're showing like, the rebellion is now happening. Now there's violence happening. Now stuff is happening. This could tie into Andor in some point because it's all, you know, congruent, but you know, like geometry and shit, which I did terrible in. But the thing is, it's like, why, you know, I don't, you didn't establish these people enough for me to care. Um, the more important part was getting to Leia and, and Obi-Wan, like their little hand moment, which is like, as, any parent will say is the is the 
I'm going to not try and cry ugly tears because my heart is melting uh, when that happens to you in real life. Just spoiling it for DJ and Michelle over here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just like, I didn't care about these people. Like I like O'Shea Jackson Jr. I'm like, if he's in the rest of the series as something of importance, thumbs up. I'm cool. Like, let's get, a, I like, I wanted a squadron of him and Camille Nanjiani. Let's, let's get everyone together. Let's, mm. let's have a dirty dozen. Let's make that happen. Yeah. But instead it's like, oh, Wade's dead. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't care. I, you know, sorry to be a dick, but I don't care that that random guy number two died. Uh, DJ. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so so mine was Bills, but I have another one. So I think all these moments, it's like from the moment the opening <laughs> started to the end of the credits. I knew. No, 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 no. Oh, so my issue in general, I think we're all kind of encapsulating it here. So may, maybe everyone's going to come around. No, I'm kidding. Is that this show, in my opinion, I think it had as an ending in mind that this like show started with a premise of one to end at, because I think that's how like all of these steps are getting to where we need to get to. So like the middle stuff, like it doesn't matter. Just keep it moving. Like I was legitimately interested when like the guy's like, yeah, my wife was a Jedi. I'm not going to help you. And me as a viewer, I'm like, Oh, how is Obi-Wan going to convince him? How, how is this exchange going to happen between our characters? And the guy's like, let's wheels up, man. Let's go. And I'm like, you're yeah. just, Splash cold water on my face yeah. to like you, you just met this guy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just to move the scene where it's chess pieces that need to be moved. So there's a moment when Tala's being like taken away. Was that yours? Yes. I have another. I'll steal it from Okay, good. good. <laughs> Tala's being taken away by the stormtroopers, and it's like, all right, let's take an interrogation. And she, like, I know stormtroopers are like scrubs, but oh. she like. Hits a stormtrooper like she's swatting away a fly, and he actually like got clotheslined by the Incredible Hulk, and then like gets away. And I'm like, guys, we we we, I can only suspend my disbelief so much. Yeah. Like sunk cost, they can't shoot for crap, right? Mm -hmm. Establishing the Mandalorian, love it, masterpiece. But like, there's a line, and I found the line. You can't just smack them like a fly, and then they tumble over. What's the requirement to be a stormtrooper in the Obi One universe? Is it like mall cop? I like, think after they moved from clones, thought, like no, so DJ, I, I thought in that scene, I maybe I saw things, maybe I just made this up in my head because I thought she got him under the mask in the throat. I thought that like went like that. No, it was just a it was just a, like a, a five across the eye. It looked like she hit his like cheek. I thought she grabbed his helmet one. and pulled it down. Eventually, yes, but the initial okay. like pocket sand was just like a little meh. on the like I laughed when it happened. I was like, "What was that?" Like she like eh, like smacked him on the side of the face. I was like, "He's Why wearing a helmet. Why did that do anything?" It's like who throws a shoe? Essentially, it's just, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, "Oh crap! You shot me with my own gun." Who throws a pretend shoe? <laughs> Honestly, uh, can we just this is all right? Two hundredth episode. We're talking about. <laughs> All three Austin Powers movies. No, I don't. Want Ooh, I love that. Yes. <laughs> wow, Bill, you're not an Austin Powers fan. Wait, do you say the 200th episode or the 100? Two, two, two hundred. What? Oh yeah, <laughs> two hundred <laughs> episode. Yeah. Okay, I agree. I'll agree to that in I'll, theory right now. I'll change. I'll change my mind ten more times. Before don't that. worry. <laughs> you won't be there. I'll record ninety percent of it. <laughs> not my fault. No, it was totally <laughs> my fault. Actually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Michelle. Okay. So. <laughs> thanks for stealing mine but the 
the other one that I was thinking of is towards the end, the scene where the glass is breaking and the water is uh, going to come into the room and there's the danger that like, what's Obi-Wan going to do? How is he going to get out of this one? And like, how is he going to use his rusty force to like keep this from shattering and also remain safe? And then he proceeds to intentionally let the force go to let the glass break over all the stormtroopers that enter the room. What happened to our camera? <laughs> and then, and then he um, he he lets it go, and then he proceeds to outrun the water, which I was like, that's not how that works. He had like half a room, like half a hallway. It's not like he had to take three steps. This man had to like outrun raging water coming for him. And he did. And he managed to get out with enough time for no water to escape into the hallway. And I was like, that's not how that would work. That's not how any of that would work. At least have him get pushed a little bit by the water. It's not so weird because it's established in episode one, not like the first episode of Obi-Wan, like Star Wars episode one, that like they have force speed and it never comes up again. They use the force speed the one time to get away from the droids and it never comes up again. Bring back his force speed. They I don't did. remember force speed. I, it's an, yeah, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, yeah. like they, yeah. they CGI, like run real quick. <laughs> and it's like, they have force speed. Maybe let's not bring that back then. <laughs> My, my problem with that scene was is that he's running dead on with the lightsaber lit and holy shit leia and tala better not be there well in front of there's the a there's a couple things that are weird i think you, you michelle you got most of it like i think you got most of it the, the things that bothered me was when you're holding something back like a liquid that's like rush like a dam right is like kind of pushing back. One often holds a dam back with a single <laughs> hand. No, well, but in the sense, I'm just showing you that something's pushing on something that is rushing towards. If he's also forcing that to stay, wouldn't that be even more forceful when it comes out? Well, he, he instead got of just second, like if the, the second, if the if the glass breaks and the water comes through, that's getting like super high pressure because it's you know, going into a, an area that has no water, right? Like, but probably he, he something with volumes and track the second He's window. holding it back with the force. So it's almost like they're, it's like extra power that's going to come through when he releases no. it. No. For sure. The force I don't know. If, all right. This guys, is you don't remember in episode two where they had force evaporation and everything just kind of evaporates and they can, <laughs> the water, every, all that water comes out fine. Remember that? No, oh, I'm just making it up. Good. Yeah. That, that's one thing that bothered me. <laughs> no, other thing that bothered thing. me. Other thing that bothered me was how good are those doors? Because not one drop of Last water doors. went through. Yeah. No, I thought that was the whole not thing. One like, drop of water went through. No, that I thought fucking there was door. a few. I thought it was yeah, like I thought like when they closed it was all leaked a little bit. Yeah, it was leaking. Guys, a little bit too. It should have. He should have been riding a surfboard. He should have been riding the lightsaber down that fucking wave. If he did, that this would have been the greatest fucking show in history. True. (laughs) It would have been. I'm sorry. So, yeah, I think all of those things bothered me. Michelle, did you have anything else that you wanted to mention? I I did cut you off a little bit. Did you have any? Oh no, no, that was pretty much it. Just the. I was gonna say how unbelievable that was, and I was like, well, I mean, the whole show, but but that moment, I was like. There was a moment where I was like, come on, like, really? <laughs> but yeah, that's it. All right. So second to last segment, our penultimate segment. 
Anakin Skywalker is alive, which is our wild tinfoil hat theories of where do we think the end of the show is going to go? Uh, DJ brought up a great point where like, it's like they know, like, I mean, they have to know, but like they know, and we just have to get there. And it's like, DJ's like, why are you taking so long? Um, I didn't feel that after three. I was like, oh, this is getting really interesting. This is getting good. Four was like a, you're doing too much. This is, this feels like a lot in one episode. You're introducing a new group of people. You're both putting Leia in interrogation and getting her out. It just feels odd as an episode. Whereas the and it was the shortest episode, one. I know, and that also did not help it. Uh, but it's almost like they needed to do all of these things, all of these things, to get to five and six, where like five and six will matter more. So I guess that is my theory: is that this is the out of the six episodes, this is our filler. We needed this filler episode of nonsense to get us to five and six. We needed to bring Obi Wan to its low, his lowest point, and start getting him to his resolution. So uh, that's really it. There's no crazy fan theories outside of like, just going to continue bringing this one every week until episode six. They have a plan for the star Wars, Disney plus universe. Why does this show exist and how are they going to make it? So it matters. In the grand scheme of things, the Mandoverse, as you will, it has to. What if made sense in the grand scheme of things? This show has to make sense in the grand scheme of things. I will say it every week until I'm right. (laughs) Bill. Well, it's like our WandaVision theories that didn't come true. Sometimes bring it up almost every other episode. I know, but I'm not going to say they're bad. They're all bad there but i i do think um what's going to tie into it i I, and i said this last week and i still hold true is that we don't there's something about reva that we don't know and there's times we're seeing cracks where she's like she's saying i had a droid once and i had this once because i still think and amanda i think you brought it up too last week was she's one of the kids from when we saw at the very beginning of episode one and I don't know if she's as bad as she's cracked up to be. I also still think how this ties into Mando is two of the Jedi's who died defending the kids. Cause I'm not going to call them the other word. Cause I just drive me <laughs> nuts. I like literally hate it uh, is God, kill them. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's just like, I still think it is part of Grogu's vision we saw I believe in Book of Boba Fett like when a couple of those Jedis died it was like that was from his perspective he was watching them and I think this is how that ties in and there's oh, that's also, cool. Like there's, that. there's also that press picture of like all these characters together so I'm like hmm. unless they're all filming at the same time like I think they all like Grogu is around you know, he was born during that time. He's like 50 some odd years old. So he's going to be around that time. Obviously, Mando isn't going to be around, but something with Grogu, I think, is still there. I think there's more to meet to the eye with Riva. And I think what we saw, the part I liked the least is what's going to lead into Andor in a few years where it's going to be, oh, hey, here's um, here's the resistance. 
that's where I think that's where I think this going. And my other thing is, and Amanda, and I'm sure you can answer this. They didn't take us into the wax museum of Jedi corpses for no reason. <laughs> and that was like, and I was like, are they putting them in the Amber from Jurassic park? Because that's kind of what it looks like. So I don't, I don't know, but I, there, that was on purpose and someone smarter and wiser in the force, AKA star Wars knowledge will know what that is. That is not me. I found that scene to be very interesting because the first um, Jedi they showed um, and DJ Michelle, I'm sure y'all, did y'all watch the Clone Wars? We, so we had jumped through some of the episodes before Ahsoka appeared on the Mandalorian. We got a list of like the must watch episodes for that. Okay. I'm actually now going back and watching all of like Rebels and Clone Wars and all that stuff. But so that scene definitely tied into two, uh, both of those shows. So for Clone Wars, and this is a slight spoiler alert, but it's still a very good episode to go back and watch. Um, I believe that's Tara Sinebe. He is, he was a Jedi master that was around since the High Republic. He's probably about a little over a hundred when he is in the Clone Wars episode with Ahsoka. So in that particular episode, her, her lightsaber gets stolen and she has to work with a Jedi investigator to get it. And so she's paired with Tara and he's kind of like the old doddering, you know, kind of Jedi, like with his little cane and just kind of, you know, this like, kind of like everyone's like, oh, he's this old guy. Even she kind of writes him off. Like he's this old guy. He's cause he's here like patience, little one, like, you know, everything will come into play. So you have this, you know, kind of almost her being in the Anakin role where she's wanting to rush, rush, rush. I need to, you know, we need to do this. We need to do this to get my lightsaber back. And everything works out according to plan, like he says. So, but he's extremely intelligent and just, um, and I want to say he was on the, I, I think at least from what I read up a little bit about him, um, he was on the high council before Phantom Menace. So um, very well renowned. And he was kind of, he was just this like sweet little old Jedi master. And then I saw him there. I'm like, what the heck? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened to him. Um <laughs> But the other throwback and the other thing it kind of um, at least reminds me of is, is in an episode of Rebels where um, Kanan and Ezra get word that Master Illuminaria might still be alive and she's being held captive. Um, so they go to look for her and it turns out it's her body. And it's the Inquisitors using her body to lure in Jedi and kill them. And it makes me wonder if maybe her body was kept in that area before. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're using some of these other Jedi body corpses in that way to lure in and trick other stray Jedi to come in and rescue them because Kanan was hoping Illuminaria was alive. So mm-hmm. she could, at least in her opinion or his opinion, properly train Ezra. And they were having kind of a miscommunication in that longer story arc about um, him struggling being a teacher a master and Ezra learning and being patient. Um, so I, that's what that whole segment reminded me of uh, was those two particular, you know, and we, maybe we may see more callbacks to that. Um, but I thought that was a morbid, but interesting tie back to both shows. So it's funny you mentioned that because in our list of episodes to watch for Clone Wars, that was one of the ones that we saw. So I'm I'm glad yeah. to know that we actually did see that one. Um, and I 
I recently watched that episode that you mentioned of Rebels as well. Right? So like, and that would be super dark of, of the series to be just like, we're going to keep these corpses so that we can trick people. Because I remember watching that scene um, where they tricked, uh, they tricked Kanan and Ezra. And I remember being like, oh, oh, she's dead. And they like showed it. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. really like dark and like very dark. <laughs> But where did her, where did they keep her body before? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. So that, that's what that reminded me of too, but I'm still sad. Rip Tara. He was yeah. great. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> so I, I got a couple things. Um, So if I get to don my tinfoil hat, there's no way this will happen. But if Cal Kestis is in the show i will fr- okay every- everyone <laughs> on the zoom is with me mm-hmm. for those who don't know he's the protagonist from the jedi fallen order game i mentioned if people's brain matters would be on the wall if that happened it won't happen though like don't get excited <laughs> well <laughs> the only thing i will say is they just okay. they, they did just announce a sequel to the game and yes like disney has been very particular with like what's canon what's not canon and it's like you're still making the game. I mean, he's, you know, he's in the time period. Like, yes, make it happen. And oh, you did literally cast an actor, not just as the voice, but the look of him who can literally play him. Yeah. And it's crazy because like the, the, um, like in Star Wars, I, I don't know like what you technically call it, but like the period from episode three to episode four, A New Hope is like a gold mine of just content that they could just keep digging up, right? So to get more of the like, well, what does this mean for Obi-Wan? What I think is interesting, at the end of this episode, technically we're good, right? Like tracking aside, uh, Obi-Wan has Leia. They think everything is good. He can take her back to Alderaan and everything is good, right? Obviously something else is going to play out, but what, what I've been struggling with this whole time with this series is it's been really hard to understand the stakes because I feel like we're jumping all over from like motivations and who shows up and how we're just kind of like letting characters go. You know, it's like, oh, no, Obi-Wan escaped again somehow, even though he's like kind of a crippled old man. But like, whatever, we'll get him next time. And and that's where I'm like, OK, this is all just to I guess we want to build Leia to sell Leia dolls. I don't know. But if the idea is like, OK, the Empire is going to know where the rebels are. It's going to be a fight, I guess. And then someone has to show up. Maybe Cal Kestis, I don't know, to like help with the fight. Like, I don't know. Like, but it seems like if, if the Empire knows where the rebels are, it should be no more rebellion. It should be game over because it's the Empire. So, like, what insane, amazing thing will happen to upend this? And sure, if we had to go through four episodes of this for like two episodes of a big fight, because it would be weird. <laughs> like, man, are they gonna book a Boba Fettus again? Where like Hey, here's a story, but really these two episodes, tune in, boys and girls. These are the ones you really need to watch. Then I, sure, you win, Kathleen Kennedy. You win again. All right. I will say one thing. So angry. You, I thought that was well, mine. No, it's great. I love it. Because you mentioned like what big crazy thing can they yeah. do? And I didn't think about this until now, but we've talked about it in the past is like there is a fan favorite character who could potentially be alive, which would be a cool like way to end episode six and like lead into season two, if they want to, would be Mace Windu. 
Fuck. Shows up with no arm. Like, that'd be fucking cool. Well, there's yeah. a lot of black in this. That'd be fun. I have, a, I have another one Go. for you. I think um, the big fight that happens is not between... We're not going to get a redo between Vader and Obi-Wan. It's going to be Re- Reva and Darth Vader. They're oh, going to fight. Oh, that's interesting. Because I don't think you should have them fight because it's just like keep them separated. We got to we we have a long-term story to build there. We don't need that. I think the inquisitors implode. She's going to kill the guy from The Fast and Furious who literally just goes, "I hate you." Does has literally I, I, done nothing. I thought that was Benedict Wong. It it looks like him, but it's, uh, he's from Fast <laughs> 9. He's uh he's in a lot of fast movies. And I can't remember. The fuck. No, it's not what's his name? I Han. Is it Han? Yeah. Uh, I have to look this up. Hold on. Look at that. So I'll on. keep going with my theory. Is like I think the Inquisitors implode because and yeah, I it's Han. Jesus, it's Sung no, Han. That's so yeah. unlike him. I thought it was Benedict Wong the whole time. Like I'm like that's he's acting but, like evil Han. I I mean either Mace Windu or I think wow. Reva turns either fights Darth Vader and dies or she turns and this is how they have a second season because they want a second season of this. They definitely do. And I cannot, I cannot for a second believe that like when they got to this, they're like, you know what? We're just going to make this six episodes and peace out. I'm almost like, no way. There's always a backdoor to have a second season. I, it's interesting because I, I don't know if it's that or if like where, well, if, like Mandalorian was a success. They could have, well, maybe could have imagined, but like, are we just going to do multiple seasons of all the shows? Because like for Andor, maybe I just want one season of Andor. It's a cool story. And we're out of here. Two seasons and then it's out of there. Right. That's what I, I think of the first season is 12 episodes too. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like nice. what Andor? Like that's great mm-hmm. because that's what I wanted from Rogue One. Just to be a street level. I know. Wars thing. And now we're getting it. I'm fine. But like. I, I really think that this is that's going to be the big thing. I don't think we're going to see the rematch between. If I'm just thinking in wrestling terms, we're not going to get that rematch. We we got we ha, we know where this is going, and it should be that far where they don't see each other, and like that would be cool. Or this just leads. This is just like, hey, we're leading into this new series that we didn't tell you about, and boom, here it is. Um, but yeah, I think I think like I think Reva Vader is that's the match we're going to get. I think there's a well. I will see. That's the struggle I think with all Star Wars stuff. Once you have Vader, I think Rogue One actually does this well. But you have to be so careful. You cannot remove the teeth from Darth Vader because it's all he has. He has to be the strongest one. Like Vader down the comic, it's like all I see is dead men in fear. That has to be Darth Vader. So if he is gonna have a thing, it's like you got to be real careful that. It's not like, oh, he's so weak because it's like you can't do that to the character. Well, especially not now because this is his prime. Yes. This is this is his heavyweight run. So I think like he kills Reva or he he chops her to bits and she's still around, you know. That's a question I have for you guys. Do you think there's any way Reva comes out of this alive? Because I think based on her arc now, she has to die. Unless there's some sort of Herculean thing to get her out of there. I don't think she makes that alive. She's a good character, but like 
she's gonna like go out like in a blaze of glory. Yeah, yeah, but like also, if you think about it, Vader, his mission right now is to kill Obi Wan, but we know that he does not kill Obi Wan for all like a good chunk of time. Like a little bit. What is it? What is it like? It'd be twenty ish years at this point. Right. Ish. Yeah. Well, it's it's been five. No, how old? It's been is it? ten. Ten. Been ten. Yeah. And it's gonna be another eight. Ten. How old is Luke? Well, I thought it was a thirty-year gap. From it's a thirty-year gap from three to four. I could be like wrong, but I thought it was a thirty-year. We're like a decade away. Whatever. Yeah. So, how many? interactions are they going to have together yeah and at the same time how long is this his main mission because it doesn't he doesn't kill him until 20 whatever years later so are you going to keep killing your commanding officer for failing your you know what i mean it's like that's what he does is right it is his mo but like how long how many is he gonna go through i'm feeling no i don't know but i still think the reva fight is because she's not because she failed is because there's a big reveal about her where she's actually Oh no no i get that i'm saying like how many sisters and brothers are there gonna be between now and and uh new hope that's an ass ton of fucking dead a dead sith it's a lot. It's a lot. So that's I'm just throwing that out there. It's like not that the question was, do we see Reva making out of this live? I do kind of in hmm. the essence, in that sense of like, it's a very well cast character, like a pretty high profile person. It just and you're gonna could potentially make a season two. It's just like, yeah. Well, the same, in the same token, everybody was great in Rogue One and they <laughs> yeah, they got a spinoff. It did, but nobody got a spinoff prequel. Nobody lived, so, though. That's true. Nobody lived, uh, though. I say 10% chance she remains, but s- still a little minuscule chance. Mm-mm. I don't think Luke got his hand it. chopped off and he fell down a shaft, fucking survived. So well, I think Reva could survive. It's a shaft. And it's Luke Skywalker. It was a, she has she has the force. She's just the Sith. I, I guess my point is like in, in terms of her arc, like the the options are failure killed by Darth Vader. What Bill said, like face turn and decides like, no, I fight for good or stays down the path and Obi-Wan gets her. Or the Grand Inquisitor comes back, gets oh, her. Please don't tempt me. I think I mean, actually get excited. That's that's I I mean the Grand Inquisitor to me has to come back hmm. at a certain point. He has to come back. I mean, that's gonna retcon rebels. That's gonna re- I mean, I don't oh, think Florida's gonna retcon his work yeah. on that. Has, um, so that my theory is Grand Inquisitor is gonna somehow come back and uh, either maybe maybe if she's fighting with Vader, he comes in and just you know. Take has his revenge, or oh, what if he like? Yeah. What if Reva fails the mission of killing Obi Wan, but kills Tala, who is a traitor? And I mean, then she ain't gonna make it. She's not yeah, making it. You can't give Vader mercy. He sure, has to remain this like I, I. It's next man or woman up. I chew through these like mm-hmm. like garbage bags. Like it has to be that because it's the one like consistent great character we have in Star Wars. And if they ruin him, I will scream. He chews through garbage bags. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was right. No, yeah, that analogy. Show coffee. I was just like, wait, hold on. Uh, Are there any other theories? What do you use of- a lot of tissues? I don't know. Garbage bags? Is there any other theories? Uh, before we move yeah, on, I feel like movie. every show we're going to get from now on in Star Wars is going to involve a back to tank. Yes, uh, we said that fine. too. Uh, Good. Yeah. Just get over it. I'm over it. Good. And you know what? It it it's better to show sometimes than than tell. Like in the sense mm-hmm. of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you if we just watch your you get your fucking ass kicked and thrown into fire, and then he's just walking around like. Nothing happened. Yeah. I would have been pissed. Would have been a bathtub tank. Uh, I still, I still think we see a Grogu appearance, and I don't. I know. like that. I like that. I mean, it's but nothing like not a new theory new. since you told me already. But in the sense of like, yeah, I agree. I think it'd be cool because it keeps us. It, it keeps these things, um, together. And makes sense. And I think Andor, and then again, we do have an Andor series coming out, which is a mm-hmm. prequel to Rogue One. So again, it still fits in the Mandoverse. It's nothing's post. Everything is in this gap between three and four, or no, three and six. So we're not doing anything right now show wise. That is a new trilogy. So no. it's, it's all possible that we can yeah. see people coming in and out of these shows and high fiving each other. Like that's it. <laughs> like we, it's it's all game. And I think everything uh, really seeing that Vanity Fair article is like okay, they mm-hmm. they are very marvelizing this in the sense that they want to have a grand plan and and all of it should make sense somehow. Um, any more theories before we move on to our final reviews? Excellent. Um, yep. Yeah, so, uh, usually I'm the one who comes up with this, but we do have uh, very clever guests. So, um, DJ Michelle at, out of a one to 10 rating scale, what is the scale? So we've had, you know, disem- disembodied heads. We've had dumb sassy uncle Owens. Sassy uncle Owens was one that we said. So one out of 10, for this episode, what should we use as the rating scale? So, you, like, you want us to make the one to ten? Yeah, we do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Or just make the the out of. So it's like out of ten, uh, sassy Uncle Owens. Oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that was so, that and the ripped off uh, arms from Book of Boba Fett. Those are my two favorites. All right, I I think it should be um, <laughs> number of children you're hiding in your jacket to get around an empire base. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. Done. We're gonna call it children in jackets. Which is children in jackets. That weird. Is much more succinct and better. Yes. Um, so DJ, out of one to ten, uh hidden Leia's hidden in your jacket as you're escaping a military base. Uh, where do you uh rate this episode? Oh shit. I so maybe it's better that we're starting with me, but unfortunately, I, I have to give this episode like five layers being hidden in jackets just because I think maybe it's a bridge to something amazing, but like then that individual bridge episode, if you're not giving me much, I it's, it's just kind of flat for me. So five layers. I'm honestly surprised that you rated it at a five. Yeah. Yeah. That's me too. Oh, Oh, yeah. 
because <laughs> the like, way you were in, talking about it. Yeah, like I thought I for sure thought you were gonna give it like a one or two. I'm a crowd pleaser. Okay. So yeah, five apparently. keeps me with people who like it are like, well, he gave it a five, but people hate it. It's like, well, at least you know. Michelle. <laughs> um for just this episode. Yes. I'm gonna give it a four hidden children. Wow. I'm going down. I just, th- I'm still surprised DJ rated it as high as he did. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so he's going to be like, it's a negative. I know. No kids were hidden. <laughs> all the kids were no caught. No children. They're all caught. Fortune of all. <laughs> I just felt like, no- I don't want to say nothing happened because stuff happened, but it felt like, it felt like nothing happened. Like nothing really got, it felt like, like, I don't know how to really phrase it. It just like, I don't know. It didn't feel like a cohesive, I guess is a good word for it. What was the word we used? Incongruent? Yes. To bring back Bill's geometry? That's a word we use. We're like, this episode's incongruent. <laughs> Yay, me. So <laughs> four. Time math comes in. Uh, Amanda? Um, I'm going to rate it. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm like a five. Um, this was a little bit anticlimactic for me compared to the last episode. That And... and I felt like that might, that was probably going to be the case because the last episode was so strong. Um, this is definitely a lot of, of filler and, and I felt like they're trying to kind of rush um, given that it's only six episodes. Uh, I mean, hopefully again, we get a second season and the other two episodes are longer and much more fast paced, but this one kind of slowed the pace down for me um, compared to the, to the other three episodes. So uh, it was still, I mean, it was still, in, it was still okay to watch, but it's not, it's my least favorite of, of the four, of the four episodes to date. So five, five children in jackets, <laughs> hidden children. <laughs> Ill. I'm going to go a little higher. You know what? This episode to me felt like it was the detached half, like end half of the previous episode or the beginning of the next episode. Cause it's so short. I'm like, I also just came off of watching stranger things season four, where it's like every episode's an hour and a half. So it's like, okay, there's a lot of time to tell a story. And, um, but I actually like this episode in a lot of ways. There's some things I really enjoyed. Like I love the underwater stuff. I also love what the series is doing with different uh, like planets where we're seeing more. We're not making the point of like, Ooh, look, it's just like, Here's the natural surrounding. Everywhere we've gone has been so interesting to me. And I really like this water base. I thought it was like the set work has been incredible. Um, I thought the interrogation scene at times just went a little too much. It there was there was a little more they could have played with here that would have been a little more um uh agile as instead of just as uh blunt as they were trying to do it. Um, throw that fucking robot out, Leia, because it's the worst. It does nothing to help you. There's no reason that thing should have flown out unless it had something to snap Reva with. It just did it. It's just like, thanks, things from Alien for batteries not included for flying out and doing nothing, you know? And so, except now you're that's the Jar Jar Banks of this show because it's like, why are you here? You're supposed to be cute. You're nothing but trouble. Thanks for allowing the empire to exist. Disney marketing. I give you something I mean, to sell. Oh, there my kid, yeah, my kids like. I don't care about that. Oh. Leia's cool. No, no, because she thinks you know. Hey, that girl looks like that girl looks like she's my age. She's cool. You know, that's what she cares about. 
and it's not baby Yoda. And so she don't give a shit. Uh, but regardless, Sophie has uh, strong convictions, but I, what I liked about the episode, I thought the action was really good. I liked that Obi-Wan was getting the force rust off. I thought there was some good stuff here. Again, this is way too short. It felt like they were just rushing a lot of things and there was no need to rush it. And I think either because, like I said, they just took the end in the beginning and they're like, all right, we need another episode. Let's put this together. Or there was so much stuff that didn't work in this episode that they cut and were like, oh, shit, we got 38 minutes. That's what we're going to be. So this was definitely like a bridge, uh, like just a gap episode. It could have been a lot better if it was had more time. But I still enjoyed it. Like, and Michelle, I'm like, this show does make me I do want to watch this show every week. Because it does, I feel compelled to watch it. So I'm, I'm stoked by it, especially after, to me, Boba Fett was a letdown, even though I know that's not a great argument. It's like, well, it's better than Boba Fett. So as Marshall pointed out to me, recency bias isn't a good reason to like a show. And he's right. Um, Boba Fett's got two really good episodes, though. Yeah. It's, it's, called, nothing, it's called The Mandalorian. It's good. <laughs> nothing exactly. to do with Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's just like, I thought this was solid, but there was way too much negative as compared to what the first three episodes I thought were really good. So uh, I'll be quick because you guys touched on a lot of the points of why I didn't necessarily love this episode. I will give it a six. I think that's high for this episode. But honestly, if you think about oh, it. Oh, I, I was saying a six too. I didn't know if I said much. Oh, yeah. No, and I, fi- I figured we were kind of on the same page. It's because like if you think about this as like one long movie, which a lot of these like episodic TV shows do, it's kind of like um, like Bill Hader. I was listening to his podcast uh, a podcast episode he was on the big uh, the prestige TV pod where he's talking about Barry and he asked him about penultimate episodes usually episode before is where everything happens and he's like I don't really think of TV writing as like having that I think it is just like mm-hmm. we're just trying to tell one story and I think this show is kind of doing the same thing so if this was like the midpoint of a movie I would be like oh okay that's fine whatever that's how I'm reading it, at least. It's not like this is the worst thing I've ever watched. The reason I also give it a six is there's that one scene where the light shut off and you have the two sword troopers and just, <sighs> I was like, fuck, that was cool. That was cool. Like getting to see like Agent Obi-Wan was pretty sweet. Like him being kind of like secretive, badass, um, like that. So that's it, guys, for Sith Happens. But we do have one uh, quick segment and uh, I'm going to merge this with plugs so it's going to be a little twofer so we're going to go with a pop culture recommendation movie music television book comic whatever you guys are really into right now that you want to tell people about i will start make it very easy and then also um let people know where you can find you on social so um my pop culture recommendation because i just watched it in imax and i absolutely adored it was top gun maverick wow (laughs) what a picture Truly uh, cinema, <laughs> truly cinema. Are you my finest. uncle Charlie in the yeah. 1930s? Yes, I am. <laughs> Hell of a picture, guys. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, believe the hype. It's insane to say, but like I just watched the original movie a couple weeks ago, um, knowing that I needed to see it. It had been so, it was one of those movies that had been such engraved into pop culture. It's like you've already seen it and have never seen it. Um, that's how Top Gun felt. So I finally watched it. And I was like, wow, this isn't that good. This is kind of cheesy and not that great of a movie in itself. There's no stakes. What are we doing here? Um, Man, what a sequel. What a picture. 
they really crush it. It's insane, especially in IMAX. The the effects are amazing. Um, the stunts are insane. The cast is great. It honors the, the it honors the original and plays on some of the beats without feeling re- repetitive. It feels very earned. They make choices that are very interesting. It is kind of like if you're gonna uh, sequelize a property from you know, 30 years ago plus or whatever, they kind of made the template for how to do it. So I highly recommend it. It's highly, it's very enjoyable. I can't wait to own it. So I could just like crank up my like sound system or, you know, my Sonos and literally just destroy the house with the the, the sound effects. It was crazy. Um, And then you can find me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I think the most recent photos are of my photos of turnstile on uh, the popbreak.com as well as yes, I did just take photos of Coldplay at MetLife stadium for nj.com, which was a big highlight for me as a, as a lifelong fan. Um, but yeah, that's uh, my pop culture recommendation and plug. Uh, I will go to Amanda next. So um, of course, please follow all mission pro uh, wrestling on social media. We have YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, so at Mission Pro Wrestling. Uh, for me personally, you can find me and all of my nerdiness on uh, Instagram primarily at Amanda Lorian. Uh, our next, uh, if you're in Oklahoma, uh, Mission Pro Wrestling will be there January. I'm oh, sorry, January. Wow. June 25th <laughs> at 4 p.m. at the Oklahoma City Comic Con. And our next show is August 20th uh, here in San Antonio. You can watch on Title Match Network. Or if you're in the Texas area, come on by. It's to help out with the Salvation Army in partnership with the Hybrid School of Wrestling. So um, thank you guys again for having me. And it is always a pleasure and a blast. Love to have you. Uh, Michelle. Um, So, oh, my recommendation. Yeah. Uh, I just finished uh, a series of audiobooks because I listen to audiobooks while I drive. So that other drivers don't annoy me. I finished this series of audiobooks called the City of Brass city, uh, series, and it's by S.A. Chakraborty. And it's this great fictional storyline that has to do like it takes place in Egypt um, and not Egypt. And it has to do with like genies and other like mythical creatures that are just great and very fantastical Um I personally really loved it. I blew through the first three books and they're each on audible. Like they're each like 20 plus hours and it didn't feel like it. And now she recently released a book that is a, um, like a series of small snippets that took place before, during and after what happened throughout the stories. So I've also been reading that. So I highly recommend it. Um, City of Brass series, just absolutely great. Uh, in regards to social media, you should definitely follow us on Twitter at Roses Rejections. That's where we post our podcast when it comes out. That's where we post weird polls that we talk about during the uh, during the podcast itself, the show. Um, retweet funny gifts and memes related to episodes that we watch. And the next season of The Bachelorette's coming out. July 11th. Yeah, so soon. Um, and we live tweet, so... If you're watching, we're like a decent second screen experience. Yeah, yeah. I think we're pretty good. <laughs> uh, and personally, my Instagram is Lady of Doggos, and I post a lot of reels of my dogs. So, dog. And uh, yeah, so that's me. 
Uh, Amanda, did I forget your pop culture recommendation? Uh, no, I totally forgot to mention it. Uh, okay. I kept I uh, kept a Star Wars related because I'm in actually in reading quite a few books right now. Uh, the High Republic series. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I have it on my list. Uh, I might bring it to Fr- uh, my my plane to France. I actually have yeah, the first it, book. I was going to read it. They are the books that I've read so far have been fantastic. So um, definitely recommend those. It's a it's a neat piece of the universe that I'm not as familiar with in terms of Star Wars. Um, I mean, I'm interested and excited to learn more about. So I'm really liking where uh, the direction the direction is headed with the High Republic, since I know there's going to be a lot of focus on that. And in a Star Wars celebration, of course, they, they brought up the second phase of the High Republic uh, kind of universe, if you will. So definitely recommend checking those checking those books out in the series. I haven't read the comics yet. That's actually that's next on my list to read for the, the High Republic that they're releasing those as well. So but um, definitely enjoying this, this the uh, the books in the adult series and the young adult series are reading both sets <laughs> uh, bill and take us out well no oh no dj dj next dj no that's fair that's fair uh i'll i'll keep this really brief i'm like i heard dj's name about the of rejection um so my pop culture recommendation, um, it's actually an anime that uh, Michelle and I have been watching that's really fun right now. It's called Spy Family. Yes. Um, okay, no, yeah, no, like, that should be the reaction. It's amazing. Um, real quick pitch. It's like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith situation where this guy who's a spy has to set up like a fake family to get uh, an adopted daughter into a very elite school because that's where his target is. Um, and it turns out the woman who he gets to be his pre- like pretend wife is an assassin. Um, so, and it's like, like a really interesting dynamic. Also the daughter's a telepath. So she knows that he's a spy and she's an assassin. And it's like the most wholesome thing you could watch. It's, it's so good. It's funny. I, the style is like an action comedy. Um, it's really well drawn. The daughter's adorable. Um, it's, it's a really great show. Um, you can watch it on Hulu. It's probably the easiest way to watch it. And it's on like Crunchyroll. Um, so like where you can find like all your anime, right? Um, but it's like a, also a very low barrier to entry. If you're like, I'm not a person who watches anime, give like two to three episodes of Spy Family a, a shot and you might find that you might be a person who watches anime. Um, so love that show. Absolutely hard recommend. Um, and then real quick for the plugs, um, you can check out another podcast I do um, called Mostly Nitpicking. Uh, you can follow us at Nitpicking Pod. We pick apart piece of pop culture by looking exclusively at the details. It's really annoying. Um, I'm sure we'll do like a Kenobi pod at some point where we'll all be the absolute worst because that's how we do. Um, and yeah, so follow us there. And uh, we do polls where we don't listen to our audience as well. So it's all it's all fun and games there. So uh, yeah, check all that stuff out. Bill, your pop culture recommendation, where people can find you and then take us home. It's like, so for me, I'll just pick the super easiest one. And that Stranger Things season four, man alive, that was blew my expectations away. I was very concerned with the, you know, the delays, the people getting older, you know, just would they be able to sustain a good story at this point? Uh, And I think they have, Uh, they have, kind of use the 80s nostalgia not as the main crux of the story but or the main hook they use it as just like some you know just some fairy dust that's sprinkled onto everything they really mat- took a mature aspect uh for this series or mature take i should say making it a little more nightmare on elm street making it very a little more adult a little more a lot more scary a lot more uh, more visceral 
and getting into a lot of talking about a lot of more serious issues. Also adding in some really good characters that I think um, probably shouldn't have worked, but really did. And splitting up the season and the episode. Some people say the, uh, the episode length was a bit egregious for some. I think they finally, I think they hit a nice sweet spot because there's so much they want to do in terms of character development in terms of establishing that they, you know, these are older kids. They are not just the same cute kids anymore and reestablishing the tone that this isn't Goonies anymore. This is something more. And so I, I like that a lot and they split everything up and that actually left us on a great cliffhanger. And I it was so great. I can't wait for episode, the next two episodes. Um, for me, check me out on thepopbreak.com. I just wrote a 2,000, almost 2,500 word piece on AW Dynamite because that's what happens when I have a clear head. Um, I also did an interview with um, uh, an artist that's playing in Jersey City coming up. So go check that out. And I will be talking about those final two episodes of Stranger Things. And I also believe I'll be working with Tom Moore and Chris Diggins on a Miss Marvel review series because... Pfft, I don't have enough to do in my life. Um, I'm also the host next week. We're going to be dropping um, the new episode of Bill versus the MCU, the podcast where I finally watched the Marvel cinematic universe uh, this week. It's this month coming up. It's going to be Thor Ragnarok. It's going to be black Panther infinity war, which is going to watch for the first time and Ant-Man and the wasp. Also the co-host of TV break. Um, you could find bill versus the MCU on the breakcast feet hub of um uh, on all your favorite platforms and then um pop break tv is on the um no sorry tv break is on the pop break tv hub and also check out the pop break.com every single day we have all sorts of great stuff follow us on at the pop break and next week the next two weeks al's gonna be oh just has to be a gentleman about town going to france and he will be oh, gone really? so it'll be no you're gonna miss two episodes actually i believe um because just one just one. Uh, all right. Well, fuck it. You might, he might be back the week after. So next week uh, is the penultimate episode. So that means of course, the King of the penultimate episodes, Alex Marcus will be joining us. I'm working on some guests. I'm not sure who I'm going to get just yet, but of course, Amanda will be there as long as the tumbleweed in Texas does not take her voice box, which I really <laughs> hope she doesn't because she's like our, she's like one of our favorite people. So we'll be back next week. I'll be gone eating cheese and drinking wine and dressing like Taika Waititi in a, a fucking Vanity Fair article. <laughs> so for Amanda, for Al, and for our illustrious guests, thank you for joining us on Sith Happens, the Obi-Wan Kenobi review series of the Socially Distanced Podcast. <laughs>